Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Broker Podcast. I'm your host, Ashik Pramchand. Tonight, we delve into the mind of my good friend, Joel, a talented photographer with a flair for cutting-edge tech. Thanks for tuning in. The reason why I started this podcast is because I wanted to find out more about Joel. Um, the, the idea of a podcast appeals to me immensely. There's this, there, I, mean, I find that in our generation now, in the 21st century, there's this bomb, bombardment of, of, of communication media sources. And paradoxically, we lose intimacy in communication. And the, the space, well, uh, nearly face-to-face type of interaction is a uh, effective substitute. So, Joel, nice to meet you here on the show. I want to ask you about why you do what you do. So, tell us more about yourself. So, hi, everyone, and welcome to <laughs> the first podcast with uh, Ashik and I. So, yeah, like Ashik was saying, we know each other for sp- spontaneously, though, but, yeah, for a good number. So, I think... Um, how well, I would it's constantly evolving. Like um, I'm in two different fields. I'm in media and I'm in construction. I'm a conscious surveyor by trade, but I'm also in media. So I am quite an avid photographer, storyteller, videographer, um, whatever comes by. I love the creative space. And one thing I am passionate about is also speaking. So I love just sharing views and just connecting with as much people as possible. I feel like life is too short not to do this. So that's a bit about me. <laughs> Mm, compelling. So I find it um, intriguing that you choose those particular terms with which to define yourself. So by, let's start off with the videographer side of it. So how did you end up on this path? Um, by chance. <laughs> One of my good mates, and I'm hoping he's somewhere here, Trevor Play, um, he always told me, like, I was always into photography, but I think as a creative in general, you have to explore different fields for you to grow in your own field. So it's, it's common in many fields. So I think with me, I did a lot of photography and then I just decided that, you know, I think I can grow just a bit more. So I started exploring different fields. So it was like doing highlights. And then one thing led to another, I ended up directing a few things. And from there, I realized that maybe having more than one passion isn't a bad thing. Like your passion can lead you in so many different places. So that's different. And from photography led to videography. And then there's so many projects that's happening right now. And I'm actually getting a lot of video work. So one thing led to another. So I think that's what it is. It's basically trying to, trying to not to encapsulate yourself into one field, but getting a bit of knowledge in every single field that revolves around your field helps you in your field, if that makes sense. I couldn't agree more, actually, Joel. There's this intriguing book by, by Epstein. Um, it's, it's called Generalist versus Specialists, I think. That's the name of it. But basically, the premise is, is that there's this, this constant um, tension between two sides that choose to believe in one, of, in, 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 in one of two major philosophies. The idea, the schools of thought. The specialists believe that in order to become very good at something, you have to follow a single path and to dedicate more time to that path than anybody else in order to attain great success in it. 
um, compared to say a generalist approach, which is like um, like like a tree with many roots, right? Many shorter roots that gain nutrients from at a, at a fairly superficial level, but it's spread out more. But ultimately, both work in their own way. You know, like you you, have, you can have a tree with a really long root succeed, like succeeding in its environment, and a tree with many smaller roots and still doing just as well, if not better. I mean, so with take take photography for example. I mean, you said you have many different passions. Do you think that translates into your photography and videography as well? Do you? I know, like you hear about people with a muse, but do you have many muses? What what interests you in that field, the creative dimension? In the creative dimension, there's so many things about it. I think it's just a natural expression of what is ever in your mind and whatever you want to pursue in life. Um, I think like media opens up a lot of doors in, in that circumstances. It's not like how it was like 30 years ago. Um, there was actually an interview I was watching with one of my favorite YouTubers, which is uh, MKBHD, Marcus Brownlee. And um, he interviewed Will Smith and he was explaining the whole creative dimension. And he was saying, you know, back, th- uh, back then, like 30 years ago, it was much harder for you to actually release a demo because only the cream of the crop was chosen to actually spread music and to actually have time in studio. And I think um, the fact that right now I'm thinking about myself in general and the fact that I have this ability to even just shooting on an iPhone or shooting on a normal phone or shooting on a camera, the fact that we can create right now is like something that just... (laughs) It just brings me so much of joy. Even like I bought a drone recently and just taking that out is showing me so many different dimensions of how I can take my work. And I think like as any kind of creative, all you want to do is just explore as much as you can, try to spread as much joy as you can and actually find your purpose in what you're doing. So that's the best way I can actually explain it. I admire that. And especially that thought about the democratization of of creative exposure. More people than ever have access to tools that can help them communicate their creative products much more efficiently. I mean, I mean, even, even now, the fact that we're having this conversation and other people can join in is, is a good example of that. But um, so you, you, you mentioned that uh, you bought a, a drone as well. And how has that been serving? Like, what, what was your reason for that? <laughs> um, so the drone was actually a very spontaneous buy because I had no idea on how to even work that thing. But what I just told myself was, it'll be cool to have and to actually explore what you can do with it. So in terms of um, just as a creative outburst, I just said, let me just buy it and see what I can create with it. And the feedback has actually been amazing. Um, Actually, if I go into my Instagram and a few of my Instagram peoples are here, if you look at it, the stuff that's taken on the drone is so different to my actual photography. I had to change the way I edit, I had to change the way I actually perceive stuff. The, even when it comes to like my videography, it looks very much more cinematic, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So that there in turn has changed the way I actually shoot. So just incorporating it, uh, incorporating it into my workflow could be very beneficial for my clients as well because it's not that you needed to charge for anything. It's just that it creates a very different dimension to media. So I think like, as I was saying, um, when it comes to technology back in the day to how it is now, drone is, uh, drones are a perfect example of that because I think drones, it, it wasn't as easy to shoot on a drone before. 
the battery life was terrible, absolutely terrible. The content you were getting out of it was wasn't the best, and they were just very finicky, if that makes sense. Where like they weren't meant for what they are now um, at the moment. Like you couldn't get the footage out of them, basically. So I think like as technology is advancing and it's becoming much more accessible, I think now is the right time for people to actually invest in drones. So if anyone wants to buy a drone, please come to me. I will actually advise you that today is the best time. Yeah. Hmm. It's just to use that as a as a as a segue into into the next point. So I mean, I mean the phrase Moore's law is dead is 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 bandied out around a lot nowadays, but. Technology in this, in particular, has been transforming rapidly, um, especially in the social domains. How how do you think that has affected your photography specifically? Um, how the transformation in technology, the ease of access to to communicating that ideas. Do you feel a change in how you are starting to to photograph people, like people as who are changed by technology? I think. I think social media in general has made it easier and harder. I think the fact that we have so much of access and if we use it well, where we know what a person wants in terms of my clientele, the kind of questions I ask my clients when I get a hold of them is, um, what do you want to do with these images? Is it for a special occasion? Is it for your social media? Do you want to grow? Um, from there, that actually... Um, that actually gives me a determining factor onto where I want to take um, my work. So um, I, th- I think with I, th- I think with technology and stuff, it, it's made it much more easier. Where before it, it was much harder to actually get your work done. And I think like what I try to do is I try to work backwards from the clients. I think like certain clients require certain equipment and certain clients don't. So what it what it works down to is Steve Jobs actually made this quote. He said they tried to work from the customer satisfaction first and work backwards with the technology. It's not like I buy this equipment and I just sit with all my, um, <laughs> all my tech in my room with another friend and I'll just sit and talk to him and say, you know what, how do we use this equipment? No, it's more like what does a client require? What would bring them joy? And then work backwards from there onto how I'm supposed to be phasing my shoots. So I hope that answers your question. It does very much. Thank you. But I find like my brother and I often talk about this as well. Like, you know, when you're watching a, a, um, a blockbuster epic movie, right? And I feel that the emphasis on the technology has started to supersede the importance of content, you know, like at the core of it, you need a good story, whether it's in a photo or it's in, in film, the story can't be replaced. And often the technology is used as a character, as a substitute for good storytelling. And what I admire about you, about your shots, especially with you and your team, is that you, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an emphasis on capturing moments. It's not, it's not, it's not it's the technology takes backstage. You focus on, 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 on the experience first. And I've seen that. It, it can be something subtle like, like photographing a moment, a candid moment between a, a couple on their wedding when they're smiling at each other and it's not planned. What, 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 what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, I think the photography in general, it's not just the actual pick, if that makes sense. I think it's the whole experience in general. The reason why I got into this field is 
I wanted to do things not better than anyone else. Honestly, there's so much I tell to people in Durban, like people don't understand. It's not about one being better than the other. It's about how are you going to approach this differently? What do you want to separate yourself from? And my team with um, the makeup artists I work with, the hairstylists, the creative directors, I have such amazing people and amazing clients. And the fact that we are able to give someone a completely amazing experience with every shoot that we do, that there is limitless. That there is what it's about. It's, it's not just about taking an amazing image because anyone can do that. You can get an iPhone and take an amazing image. But the whole experience around it, I just wanted to make it more accessible. There's a new uh, thing that I launched, which is called Action Fashion Photography. And it's basically elements of fashion photography, not holistically, but just a few elements of it and adding an action element, which is the most recent one we did was at BMW SMG in Amshlanga. What we did was we added a bike to a fashion shoot and it was just the most cool shoot that we've done in a long time. And the fact that we did that um, got so much of people messaging me and asking me, listen, could we have a shoot like that? Because, you know, like they've had normal photo shoots, but this whole team experience, that is what people are looking for. So I think it's its nice to actually get the whole team. And uh, Ravashni, yes, I am smiling now. Thank you. <laughs> so I see that's a new interest for you, Joel. So action shots. Um, how do you think the pandemic has changed photography? Like, do you feel that that like what's the emphasis now is that because like i know a lot of people have have something that that drives them to to, to photograph things some some motivational yeah. influence some stimulus and i know that that inspires people like like our artists are inspired by um by whatever encourages them to to to, to write to paint to create music um how did it change for you during the pandemic? I mean, especially at a time when you had to stay indoors for long periods. Um, and and I mean, how did, did that affect your creative work? It completely changed it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, what happened was, during the pandemic, I didn't have anything to do in terms of level five in my media career. Construction was still carrying on, but in media, I was really finding it hard because... I couldn't do what I love to do was just to go out and shoot. And I have these moments where I'm, I'm just like driving around and I just like to take pictures of things, not just for, I think photography is not just about the money, you know, it's about the experience for me. So what I did was I put myself in the deep end and I said, I have a lot to say, let me start a series. I didn't know how I did it, but basically I just took this table, which I'm talking to you on. I placed it somewhere in my room. I got two lights that I have. I have a camera, I got mics. And what I ended up doing was starting my own vlog series, which was called Lockdown Unlocked. And the vlog series in general opened up a lot of different avenues for me. From there, I actually had a few video clients. And not only that, it actually allowed me to become a better editor, a better videographer, even a better photographer, because I started exploring different fields from the moment that Lockdown Level 5 happened, because nothing was for sure. And I think the uncertainty of everything actually pursued me into trying out different things. The fa- I think we were speaking about it earlier, and the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to be around forever has actually pushed me to try a lot of different fields. And I'm very grateful for that. I think it's something that actually brings me peace and a bit of purpose. To echo that, that sentiment, Joe, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I remember 
I remember something from 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 my time in Japan. There was this. I was I was I I like as I told you before. I have a fondness for swordsmanship, and there's we were taught that that the that the sword is created through intense pressure, intense heat, like and and that translates to the human experience as well. We are transformed by by suffering and and um, and, and and intensity. And I find that it happened with a lot of a lot of people. COVID was a driving force for creativity for many people, but it also reminded us of the transients, our transients. You were speaking to me about a, a Billie Eilish song that, that that you really liked, and how she, and um, I find it no conf, no coincidence that she was performing in um, in no no time to die. And we, I asked you the question about whether you you would choose to live for one more year or to live uh, indefinitely. Can you elaborate on that further? I think time in general is subjective. And I think it remaining subjective gives us purpose to live. For example, if we have an assignment that's due two weeks from now, we will take two weeks to do it. If we have an assignment due tomorrow, it will take us a day to do it. I think the fact that everything will end soon gives us a different drive. I think, um, especially with the, fa- I think the whole idea is loss. I think if we had no loss or no mistakes or none of, <laughs> none of anything like that, it will give us a very different perspective of life to what we have now. The fact that we will all die soon kind of brings us peace that, you know, we will either be forgotten no matter if we do good things, bad things in this life. One day it will all be erased from history. So I think the fact that that's how we, that's, that um, it's how the life is going to be, like we will die soon. I think that gives us a lot of drive, especially me. It gives me a lot of drive that I need to do as much as I can while I can, while I'm still young, while I'm still certain that I have another day on this earth because nothing is ever certain. So that's how I feel about it. Mm, I agree wholeheartedly, Joel. There's this, there's this word that in fact, um, in reference to that, there's this there's this phrase I learned as well, also from the Japanese at around the same time that I was training, training there. Uh, mono no aware. That's the, that's the term. It means that there's beauty in transience, like the, the the fact that that something won't last forever is something to be happy about, because it emphasizes the importance of valuing the time one has with that particular entity. Um, but now, moving on to that as well, moving on further to that um i think especially nowadays um social media is a good example of that is that there's a strong emphasis on fast solutions to things uh, there's it, there, there's not a strong emphasis on 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 appreciating the moment now and you as a photographer capture that what's in the moment but how do you feel about that like do you think as a photographer people are are too focused on 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 the future that they they, they want to share a picture rather than really in really capture the moment <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that i actually had this conversation with someone very recently where i think some people get too lost in the translation of what's happening rather than what is actually happening in front of them if i had to further elaborate um for my 21st i barely even remember that i had a photographer an amazing photographer if not but it's just that it wasn't the biggest priority for me. The biggest priority was the people in that room who I wanted to be there. And the same with social media. I think 
a lot of people and a few of them are on this live right now know a certain part of me because they know me personally and others who just joined on Instagram some of them just know me from Instagram people have different perceptions depending on what you show them so for me i think i think a lot of my clients do prioritize pictures which is good and a lot of them don't some of them get lost in the moment and just let you run free i think when you <laughs> i think if you let people just be in their creative space i think even in general if you're hiring someone in the service industry i think it's it's good to just just let them be and not focus too much on actually capturing the perfect moment by capturing the moment a better way to explain this is um there's a mode when it comes to flashes that we use so the two big modes are it's manual and it's called ttl ttl is basically like a auto mode right and it's so interesting to me but i'm not sure everyone's going to find this interesting but basically when you shoot and you um shooting manual you get more control over it but when you shoot on ttl it creates a good image but i don't think it's about being perfect i think just capturing a moment is just good enough so i think that's how should people should think when it comes to images uh, i don't prioritize images as everything when it comes to a function i think it's bad to say as a photographer but it is true i think just moments with the closest people to you i think that's what's important and capturing those moments for your future generations we don't have to get it we don't have to get it right all the time we just have to get it right a few times and i think that's where people fall short a lot of people think they need to nail not just photography nail everything in their life nail it day by day and it it's not like that that's not how life works that's not how business works that's not how relationships work that's not how life works you get it right a few times and just hope for the best well said those are those are wise words right there there's i think i think a strong emphasis on on perfection or on, on on perfection um you know regarding that there's something i remember reading in a new york article not too long ago is that you know there was a time in american history when there was a concern that the english post you know post world war 2 yes around the time that the first tv was being released from for for commercial mass commercial use is that there was a concern that humans would have too much free time there'd be a pro- there'd be a sort of epide- american epidemic where americans would um would be overwhelmed swamped with leisure time and despite that we are what like 50 years later now we have more technology than ever to improve our efficiency and yet we still always feel pushed for time to do things and i think the the focus on perfectionism um is reflected in that there's a there's a desire for us to do as much as we can all the time there's this internal drive and i i, I wonder where that comes from it doesn't come from who you're seeing on social media there's this there's you you constantly um benchmarking yourself against other people who have who are pushing themselves constantly you know the workaholic culture that is become become uh promoted nowadays um but i'm i'm sure you see that in 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 photos as well i mean when as as you've mentioned um but but it's it's okay as you mentioned it's not it's okay not to be perfect you know i i i recall a buddhist a buddhist a principle is that suffering is the baseline if one expects suffering in life 
everything else becomes heightened. You start to appreciate normality. Normality becomes a thing of beauty because in normality, you are not suffering. Do you get what I mean? 100%. 100%. I think, I think it, it goes back to what we were saying that life is so short. And I think on, those, on that basis, I think that's what should be driving us rather than trying to achieve trying to achieve perfection because it does not exist. I think when it comes to any kind of field that we're in, I, I think like we need to embrace failures. I think we need to stop looking at social media as the beacon of what we need to be. I, I think it needs to be, it needs to be more realistic to that. And I think realistic, realistic expectations on social media is where we should all start. I don't think that this lifestyle of people putting so much of pressure and putting so much opinions out there is actually helpful to anyone. Uh, for me, like on social media, like people think that I'm one of those people that influence, but I don't really think I am. I think I just follow people who inspire me and just having that kind of positivity around is going to help us so much in the long run. There was this interview I was watching, I'm not even sure who it was with, but he was basically just explaining the way he treats himself. And he said, when he does something wrong, he usually takes off with himself and like, gets so irritated at himself. And he realizes that if he had a friend, I think it's Wentworth Muller. It is Wentworth Muller, yeah. If he had a friend and he treated them the same way he treats himself when he does something wrong, he would have no friends. So he said, make sure your internal dialogue has kind and loving and measuring words to each other. So when you do mess up, that you nurture yourself and you realize that this is the part of the experience. And it also goes back to saying that we can't nail it every single time. We just have to do the best we can. And that's what I do every single day. Like, I know I'm not perfect. Clearly, I'm not. Otherwise, it would be completely different for me. But the fact that I can wake up, I have this drive where I need to keep on going. I think that's what pushes me each day. And I think that's what should push each person each, each, person each day. And going back to another quote that I said, I think we are all generally, from Jay Shetty as well, we're all just trying to find some sense of peace and purpose. That's the point of life. So uh, hopefully that this will help people find some peace and purpose in whatever they're doing, that you can't always get it right, but just try your hardest to get it right as much as you can. And it should, it sh it should go through. And if it doesn't, just pick yourself back up and keep on going. Hmm. Those are motivating sentiments, uh, Joel. Um, I, I'm certainly motivated by what you told me. And I, I think, I don't think this dialogue that we're having is, is novel, to be honest. I think it, it, it's, it's universal. I'm sure everybody at some point has discussed this to some degree, but amongst their, amongst their friends. And it's good to quantify it. Because I think um, in, your, in, in your industry, you are at the heart of it. You you are embracing a medium that has become largely visual. And there's a strong emphasis on the visual in our generation now that you have the power to change um, through the same medium. I think, as with anything, as you mentioned, it's, it's the part that we choose to take. Social media isn't to blame, nor is anything external. Any change that we desire is... It originates internally. It's our choices, you know? Like how we choose to use social media is up to us. It's not the device. It's, it's a tool at the end of the day. What we do with it is up to us. 
Um, how we take a photograph is, is up to us and how we choose to interpret it is up to us. And I think that's something that I've, that I've gained from this discussion with you, Joel. But what about your thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've learned so much from this conversation with you as well. Um, I think the last thing I think I would like to leave with you is um, there's one mistake that I made for the longest time. And I think a lot of people would be guilty of it too here is wishful thinking is one. And secondly, would be trying to think that your opinion can change people. I think life is way too complicated to be copied and pasted. This isn't a command C, command V situation when it comes to life. This is life. So like people have a different opinion, have different opinions on things. And you guys were raised very, very similarly. What does that show? That shows us that people uh, are way more complicated than we think they are. So the fact is that if you are trying to push an opinion down someone's throat, it never ever will work. I think the, the, the way we should live is just let people be people and try to spread as much positive energy as possible because people are going through their own battles. And I think that there should be the most motivating factor for you to get out of bed is to try and help others because that is the purpose of life at the end of the day. Nothing has, bring, has brought me more joy than actually helping others. And yeah, that's just what I think of the situation right now. I think um, we all should do our part in trying to help others. I couldn't agree more, Joel. And thank you again for this conversation. Hopefully we've mm. um, at least managed to help a few other people feel better as well, to motivate others. And um, I, I must say, I had a lot of fun doing this. I, yeah. I, I must schedule this again soon enough. I yeah. eagerly await it. 100%. Thank you so much, Ashik. And thank you everyone for watching, by the way. Um, if you guys enjoyed it, just uh, pop us a DM or drop a comment or anything. But yeah, this was basically um, a good conversation with another creative and just uh, wish blessings over you, my friend. To you as well, my brother. Uh, take it easy. There you have it, folks. A riveting conversation with Joel Mundy. Thanks for tuning in. Join us for the next Broker Podcast where we enjoy fascinating conversations with interesting people from across the globe.